My name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody out there in a property sourcing land. Uh, I've got uh, a couple of things have happened to me this week that I want to share with you, and uh, it's going to help you wherever you are. So uh, here's what I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, David, it's, it's not what it used to be. Things have changed. Uh, I can't get the numbers that I used to get anymore. Because here's the deal. I used to be able to source a house for 50 grand. We'd spend 15 grand on it. It would value up at 80. Uh, we could remortgage, buy, refurbish, remortgage for my investors, right? And they would be able to get all their money out and go again. But life's changed now. So I've been speaking to several friends uh, in our community who are sourcing deals for profit. And this is a quite a familiar story that I'm hearing, right? Wherever they are in the UK, the yields have strengthened. You know, yields have got much tighter. What do you mean, David? I'll tell you what I mean. Because the house that they used to be able to buy for 50, 55 grand, spend 15 grand on it, and then remortgage at 85 to get the investor's money out, that house is now 75 grand. And I'm hearing it in places where traditionally uh, you could get the 50, 55 grand houses. Now, you can still buy houses at 50, 55 grand. You can, but they are in areas where probably you shouldn't be putting your investors. They're, they're in socially troubled areas. You don't want to work with people who, are, who you don't want to work with houses. You don't want to package houses in socially troubled areas to uh, your investors. You can't put an investor into a house where every time the tenant moves out, they take the boiler and all the copper piping with them. That's not how we roll, right? Don't do that. So here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it in the Northeast. I'm hearing it in the Northwest. I'm hearing it in South Wales. I'm hearing it all over the UK. David, I can't do that anymore. What's happening now is that by the time we've refurbed it, that house now costs 100 grand. We're in at 75 Transactional costs, do a bit of a refurb, we're up towards 100 grand. And the rent is £700 a calendar month. So that's coming in at a gross yield between, depending on the exact figures, team, right? Between 7 and 7.5%. Seven and we are nowhere near double-digit gross yields anywhere in the UK for decent quality stock. So here's what I'm hearing. My life is over, Dave. What am I supposed to do? I can't package anymore. People won't buy these deals. I've got to be 25% BMV. Oh, what am I going to do? What should I do next? Should I do Bitcoin? Should I go on and start a new career as a, as a dancer? Whatever. Okay. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Here's the thing, team. I've been around this before. I've been, I'm on my fifth property cycle now. Okay. So I'm telling you, this is what happens. Uh, prices will go up. Prices go down, and then they go up again, much higher than they were before. But rents uh, generally lag a bit behind, and I think that's what's happened at the moment. We have had some forced appreciation in the UK, certainly since the election. This is not a political point. Uh, I'm not making plan politics here. Your political views, your political views. I uh, honour and respect your political views. But truth is that there was a lot of hesitation in the market, a lot of pent-up demand before the December the 12th, 2019. Since December the 12th, 2019, that uncertainty has cleared, at least till the end of 2020. Let's see what happens then. 
Uh, but for the time being, prices have gone up. I'm hearing, and maybe some of you know, maybe you confer it to confirm it to me, uh, that in January alone, uh, house prices in London went up 4% in one month. That's what I'm hearing. Really strong growth. So it'd be really cool if somebody could confirm that for me. Um, so how do we manage that? If we want to sell houses to investors, how do we manage that? How do we sell them a house that... Uh, has a gross yield of seven seven and a half percent when we used to sell nine to ten percent. How do we do that? Okay, and uh, here's the truth, guys. Welcome to my world. This is my world. This is what I've been doing. This is what I do. Um, I've got lots of happy investor clients. You have to tweak it a little bit. You have to do something a little bit different. Um, but I'll just tell you what I do. There's no right. There's no wrong. Uh, I'll just tell you what I do to place properties with investors, even in circumstances where you're only going to get seven, seven and a half percent. So what are the keys? There are several keys. Who's your power team, guys? Who are you working with? Who are your lettings professionals? In this sort of market where you're trying to Sell a house with a gross yield a little bit lower than you're used to doing it, friends in Northeast, Northwest, South Wales, wherever. Make sure you've got the very best letting professionals involved that you can in your power team. Why is this so important? Because in the past, and I would contrast frame this talking to an investor, in the past, you will have seen offers out there in property land, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor. Uh, that show 9-10% gross yields. But would they really, at the end of the year, are you really going to get 9-10% gross yields? Because it depends on your tenant respecting you, respecting pro your property, respecting the AST. Are they going to pay the rent? Are they going to pay the rent on time? Are they going to look after your property? The quality of tenant is key, right? So if you can produce evidence that your lettings professional is going to get seven and a half percent gross yield and you're going to get it for 12 months do the arithmetic guys i suspect that's better than getting 10 percent gross yield and only getting it for 10 months because in effect you know after repairs and hassle and arrears and that sort of thing maybe you're actually selling a 10 month deal there so number one if you're trying to uh, sell properties with a lower yield Make sure you squeeze every penny out of it. Make sure your lettings professional is professional, actually professional, and has actually got a proven track record. So if you come into our lettings uh, operation at Progressive Lets in Peterborough, you can see uh, the amount of arrears on a daily basis. And we have a dedicated team chasing arrears. And it's tiny. It's in the low single digits you know every day it varies on a daily basis but it's tiny uh you can see the amount of empty properties that we have available what voids there are it's no good uh sourcing and selling a 10 percent gross yield property to somebody if they're going to have voids because that just trashes the 10 percent headline figure right um so maybe just maybe a seven and a half gross yield on paper property run correctly with a great tenant will actually yield more than the 10%. That's cool. Let's move on. So make sure you maximize the return. At what point do we start talking about capital growth as a factor in buying property for an investor? Okay. 
So I sourced property for years in Manchester, and I never spoke about capital growth. I never factored it in. I never considered it. It was about cash flow. We only spoke about cash flow. Uh, we were buying houses for investors, sourcing houses for investors at that time, 9 10% in Greater Manchester, not in Manchester City Centre, in Greater Manchester. 9 10% gross yields. Did we actually generate gross yields at the end of the day when all the arithmetic was done? Not sure. Okay. But that's what we did. So I thought my business model was about cash flow and just cash flow. I didn't want to promise, hand on heart, capital growth because I was concerned that we wouldn't get any. You know, because some of these houses are taking 2,000 years to get to 50 grand, right? How can you promise capital growth? Well, if I were you, I would not promise capital growth, but I would talk about history. I would talk about what's happened. There's nothing wrong with talking about what has already happened. Don't try and predict the future, but you're having a conversation about capital growth. It's capital growth that makes people wealthy, okay? It's capital growth that changes people's financial position. I, in my own life, in my own world, have had businesses that's failed, but because I was in property in parallel with the businesses, the capital growth in those properties have kept me upright and perpendicular, maybe when my businesses were struggling. And that's the truth of it, right? There's nothing wrong, pause. There's nothing wrong in saying that to an investor. I can say it because I've actually experienced it. And you can borrow it if you want to borrow it, okay? So how do we talk about capital growth without predicting f the future? Here's something to try. Why don't you talk about capital growth where you are over the last five years? Why don't you talk about capital growth uh, where you are over the last 10 years? Maybe 12 years now. Why 10 to 12 years? Because then we're including a property crash. Then we can show evidence of what's happened to prices during a property crash, right? And also, why don't we have a look at property prices since the year 2000? That's 20 years now. 20 years. I oh, know. Where does it go? Okay. You are going to show significant growth wherever you are in the United Kingdom. If you're in the southeast of the United Kingdom, you're going to show very significant growth since the year 2000. Um, my daughter's been looking at houses to buy. Just got married looking at houses in and around London, right? And there are, you know, there's million-pound houses today all over London, like three, four-bed semis. They're a million pound. Unaffordable, right? Just unaffordable. And she keeps sending me links. What do you think, Dad? What do you think? And um, I'll have a look at the links, and I'll do a bit of research. So these houses, nine, 900 grand, a million pound today. If you go back to 2004, 2005, those houses were 230, 240 grand. If you go back to 1998, those houses were, nine, were 98 grand, right? What was I doing in 1998? What was I thinking? It's a different episode, I think, different episode. So talk about the pattern of capital growth where you are. Do not promise the future, right? But talk about the pattern. And uh, we've got to find properties maybe in a more aspirational area than we've been looking at before. So if I was in the Northwest now working in Manchester today, maybe uh, if I've got to go to 100 grand, I might as well go to 124, keep it below the stamp duty uh, uplift, right? 
what can I find for one, two, four? Because by the time you've leveraged and, and, and uh, made sure that you've got a tenant in place, the rent's probably going to be more for a one, two, four house than it is for a hundred grand house. And that, that might not make much difference to the yield, but you might be able to show a better track record in terms of capital growth from um, the 124 house. I don't know. What are the numbers where you are? It'll be different where you are. Regeneration. You've got to find out what's going on in your town, in your city about regeneration. Why is regeneration so important? Because we're talking about forced appreciation of prices. Prices going up, right? That's what, that's what every investor wants. So why? Why should they go up where you are? Let me give you a big, big example. Uh, a couple of pals of mine, I actually went to school with one of them. I did back in the day. I had short trousers, app, all that stuff, right? Um, they've built a really nice property business in the round Brighton. They are serious serial landlords, okay? They've got plenty of stuff. They're not looking for the cash, which is why this is even more interesting. And what they told me that I think two, two and a half weeks ago now, they went north, right? They went to Sunderland and they went to South Shields. Why? Why would two really successful property investors based in the round Brighton with cash to spend, why would they go to Sunderland and South Shields? And this is what they told me. This is their words, not mine. I'll just share it to you, with you. But you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it. They want to take advantage of the Boris bounce, not a political point, okay? But we know that the current government has committed to invest in what they term the Red Wall areas of the UK. Sunderland today has been promised by the government £1.55 billion of uh, investment in property, in infrastructure, in in travel, in schools, in hospitals, in whatever. £1.55 billion. £150 million has been released already, okay? This is a serious amount of money. And what's going to happen is, I suspect, I haven't got my crystal ball on the table in front of me, I haven't. But I suspect what's going to happen, property prices are going to go up. You need to talk about that when you talk to your investors. I mean, I, I work in Peterborough. You know that. In Peterborough, by 2022, the university is going to be expanded. There's going to be another two or 3,000 students in Peterborough. But here's the interesting thing. The accommodation for those students is going to lag behind. They reckon it'd be two, three years behind, which means five years behind, right? So those two or 3,000 students new to the city are going to need accommodation. Is this an opportunity for us? Is this an opportunity uh, for a new tenant stream? Uh, can we multi-let? Let's talk about using our education. We've invested in our education, certainly at Progressive, right? All the new cutting-edge strategies you need to know about if you're going to package and source and sell deals. Why don't we cash in on that uh, education, the investment we've made, to layer on all the strategies that we've learned to increase the yield, to increase the return for our investors. Absolutely key to do that. So if you've got a single let house, can we multi-let? Do you know? Do you know what's required to take a reception room in a house with two reception rooms and make that bedroom number four? 
Do you know what the uh, building control rigs? Are there any building control rigs? Are there planning at um, planning issues where you are? How many people where you are are allowed to share a house before you need a license? Why do I ask that? Because in most of the United Kingdom, the national criteria is five or, or more unconnected people living in the house need a license. However, in Peterborough, there is additional licensing. So if we've got three or more people in a house, they need a license. Uh, so once we've got our license and we know how to get our license, we can produce a much higher yield for the investor. That's the point. We're looking for our investors. What if we don't want to get involved with multi-let? What if we want to go service accommodation? What if we get the investor to buy a house, not a flat, so we don't have to worry about leasehold, and we project SA numbers onto that house? Pause. Project SA numbers. They've got to be real numbers, right? You've got to talk to an SA provider, an SA operator who knows what the numbers are. You have to have a great serviced accommodation operator who can do the job properly and make sure all the money comes in and you get great occupancy. Uh, there's a few flaky SA operators out there, team. If you're a great service accommodation operator, people want to know who you are, okay? So have you got a great SA operator who can get multi-let returns for your investor on a single-let house? Why don't we layer on the education to increase the yield, right? Then we're way back into double digits again. So these are just a few thoughts of mine. I'm starting to hear it round the country. In the Northwest, in Liverpool, huge amount of money being spent in Liverpool. Leverage that public investment for your business to show how uh, if you invest in key areas in and around Liverpool, I don't know where they are, you might. Property sources working in and around Liverpool, why don't you post elsewhere in this community, if you like, uh, and talk about Liverpool and see what the opportunities are. We all need to know what the opportunities are because there are property investors on this forum, okay? So if you're in Liverpool, what's going on? If you're in South Wales, what's going on? If you're in the Northeast, you know what's going on, right? Get yourself out there. Find out what's going on. Why? Why should investors? What's the big why? Why should investors invest in your area, one? And then once you've worked that out, why should they invest through you? What is your service? What do you provide? Are you honest and trustworthy? Will you try and help when there's a problem? Um, will you, are you an asset? Are you an asset for your investor? This is all stuff we talk about in the deal packaging community here at Progressive. You should be talking about it as well. Um, if you've got any questions, ta tag me down below. I will try and answer your questions. If I've done nothing but promote a little bit of thought from you, uh, then maybe that's a good thing. And uh, let me know what your thoughts are. That'd be totally cool. Great to see you. Get out there. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.